Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Episode 175. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Brandon. I'm with John tonight. Hi, John. A million voices cried out and then were silenced all at the same time. A million purple voices. Is this your new sign-on phrase? No, I just was depressed about Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, okay, cool. Um, We also have a special guest, Dave Evil twin Dave. Hi, Dave. Hi, Brandon. Uh, I'm also sad about Teddy. Yes. Yep. For I'm sure. Also sad about being called the evil twin just now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm just poor, working on some things. Poor Dave. By far the nicer twin, and yet is known as the grumpy evil version of me. I'm huge into irony. Uh, we are missing Stu tonight, who is traveling in. Stu is uh, searching for Bigfoot in Colorado. Yep. So best of luck to him. We're also missing, uh, I don't, again, I don't know why we keep saying this. We're missing Clarence, who's still on the summer sabbatical. We hope to see or hear from him again sometime soon. Um, the reason we have uh, Evil Twin Dave on is because he's a Gophers expert, and the plan here today was to preview the Gophers. But I don't think that's what's on our minds as of now because we the... were overtaken by circumstances today. Terrible, mm-hmm. awful circumstances. Yeah, so for posterity purposes, because everybody knows this is going to be entered into the Library of Congress and listened to for generations, uh, so future people, uh, future generations, today is the day that one uh, Theodore Eleanor Bridgewater uh, ruptured his knee in practice, and I, it may, may be dead. We're not sure yet. He, I think he's alive, but we're not positive. Yeah, we, we don't exactly know what his injury is, but... They just released a statement. It was he dislocated his knee and tore his ACL. Oh. But there was no nerve damage, which is better than what... Because the way the tweets were going for several minutes there, you know, it started with Teddy hurt himself. And I, I thought, oh, that's bad. He'll miss the first week. And then it was Teddy suffered a serious injury. And then it was, they canceled practice and people were throwing up. <laughs> and at, at, at some point, it, like, it just kept going downhill. Like You stopped worrying about, like, can he play again and started worrying, like, is he going to survive? It was, it was extremely ominous. So do we know exactly what happened on the play in question? It sounded like he was just, was he scrambling or rolling out or something? And then he just 
collapsed into a, a heap. Is that right? I I don't I haven't seen the tape exactly, but it, all the, all anyone would say was it was a non-contact injury. So yeah, so he's just running around. Regular old practice had just started, uh, and then I mean. My first question when I saw the people were throwing up tweet, that was the one that really threw me because I didn't expect that. If I mean, if guy goes down non-contact injury, it is what ninety-nine times out of a hundred in ACL, right? Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, that's what happened. That's that's brutal. That's terrible. But that's that's what happened. And then all of a sudden, you hear these stories like they cancel practice. Guys were like throwing their helmets and screaming and yelling and rage and throwing up, and that was I, I mean, odd to that- me, right? That that. That sort of threw me. I was like, was this one of those Kevin Ware situations where that dude's leg just like bent in half? Yeah, uh, at that point, you had to assume that his femur had snapped in half and yep. both ends were sticking out different parts of his thigh. I immediately went to compound fracture because it's the only yep. thing that I can imagine that professional athletes would puke seeing. But now I think the, and again, this is the challenge of recording a podcast before like all the news is out, but it sounds like now maybe that dudes were throwing up was more of a exaggeration or hyperbole or rumor or something, because I don't know for sure. There's been other people who are like, no dude, no one was puking. Right. I think that story was pretty quickly debunked. Right. But the, the dislocated knee portion is probably also kind of disgusting to look at too, which is why guys were probably screaming and yelling of like, get somebody over here right away. Cause that's, you know, cause sometimes when people tear their ACL, they just get up and walk to the cart. You know, that's, it's, it's not necessarily something that they can't move on. So, so that's that's at least starting to make a little bit more sense because my first emotion was just straight confusion than anything else. Uh, so at least we got that part of the way, and now it's just pure unfiltered sadness. My my first emotion was for sure denial. I was definitely going through the five stages of grief because I spent a good ten minutes convincing myself that Mike Zimmer wanted to make fun of the media for getting all up in arms about Teddy's shoulder soreness. So they concocted this horrible prank in which Teddy faked a knee injury and practice was canceled and an ambulance showed up. And I, I really had myself convinced that that's what happened because I just did not want to believe that the worst case had actually come to pass. When you're a Vikings fan, you expect bad things to happen. But the worst case possible scenario this is the equivalent of if carl anthony towns is in a motorcycle stop it shut up shut shut it shut up you know shut the fuck up you see like you see like a tv show like say the west wing where there's a president and there's a vice president this is better and there was an episode of the west wing (laughs) there was an episode of the west wing where the president got shot and like the secret service people ran in and grabbed the vice president because he had to go be the president and it was just like a, a moment of we have to protect this person in case something bad is happening to him. Uh-huh. That's what we need to be doing with Carl Anthony Towns right now. There needs to be a security detail just like <laughs> bursting into the room to tackle him and put him in a safe place. Yes, very true. He's all we have at this point. Yeah, uh, he, he's everything. He's everything to Minnesota. Yeah, he really is. Um, so, so have you guys gotten any sense of the recovery time for, for Teddy B? Is it just a, just basically a calendar year? Is that how it's been happening nowadays? Because the dislocated knee part along with the ACL scares me a little bit more than a standard ACL that other guys have had, and I feel like is a very common injury. Well, I mean, 
Adrian Peterson tore his ACL and MCL and was back nine months later. So I think the hope would be that Teddy would be ready to go for training camp next year. Okay. Okay. That would be my guess. Okay. So I, I haven't. Dave, what? I, I was just going to say, I haven't heard anyone say that he's going to be out longer than a year. But I, I think they've already declared him pretty much out for the season. So Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I just was, I was nervous it might be more than that just with the, well, I guess we'll see. You never know. All guys recover well, at different rates, but. You know, take, take all the, you know, frustration and angst over his one bout of shoulder soreness, multiply it by 2000. And that'll be next year's preseason. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So, so we think, so Teddy's breathing. It's going to be okay. His leg's still attached. Uh, but you're right, John. This was the worst case scenario, I think, because they were supposed to be pretty good. And they're still probably going to be fine, but they're going to be a lot less fun to watch. They're, I don't I don't know. I, I mostly have given up on the air now. Like, this is going to be a 3-13 and 13 season. And Ooh, wow. The whoa, only good whoa. Thing- the only good thing they have going for them is a draft pick, and maybe that's not true, but I, I certainly I, I watched the I watched the the friendly on Sunday, and I had a lot of thoughts about well, this offensive lineman sucked, and this offensive lineman sucked, and Kyle Rudolph is a war criminal, and all this other stuff. But now it's all just sort of a moot point because the Vikings' only hope is to win games nine to seven, in which the defense gets a touchdown and a safety. Mm. I mean, this year is going to be an interesting sort of experiment for all the uh, Teddy truthers out there. Cause there are a lot of people who were claiming that Teddy is basically a replacement level quarterback. Yep. Yep. So now that we're going to be playing a season with an actual <laughs> literal replacement level quarterback, right now, now we're going to find out you know, just how important he actually was to the offense. I think it'll be interesting if they get the kind of guy that everyone seems to think is the the quarterback they really want, which is an enormous stiff who can't move around because, you know, given the Vikings offensive line, I think a guy like that is going to probably be torn limb from limb by week, week three. <laughs> but you know, we're going to find out it's, you know, I, I listened to a little bit of Zimmer's press conference and I thought it was reasonably, you know, he, he did spend a little bit of time pointing out that, you know, this, this really isn't a one man show. This isn't like, you know, a green Bay or a Seattle where you have one good player and then a lot of junk. And if that guy gets hurt, you're basically sunk for the season. Correct. True. Very true. It's like, okay, you guys were, yesterday you were mad that we don't build around this guy enough. Today you can't be mad that now this will ruin everything. I mean, the plan going into the year basically was to run the ball up the middle a lot, play good defense, and, you know, see if we could get just enough out of Teddy to make a difference. Now we're going to get nothing out of the quarterback. So we're going to find out whether we can win getting nothing out of the quarterback. But well, there, were, there were plenty of people who 
thought we already were getting nothing out of the quarterback. Those people were... Those oh, people are named Michael Rand. Yeah, Let's just be straight with it. I blame Mike Rand for all of this. Well, I, he wanted this to happen, and now it's happened. This is your fault, Mike. This is your fault, Mr. 24th best quarterback in the game. You did this to us. They were... With your lack of belief. If you had had faith, this never would have happened. These people are... They're simple folk. Yeah. <laughs> Sons of the soil. The common clay of the new West. You know, morons. Here's the thing. Teddy is not a fast guy. He's not agile guy, but he's young and so can move around a little bit. Just imagine the first time Sean Hill drops back in a seven-step drop and TJ Clemens get trucked. And Alex Boone whiffs on a block like Alex Boone wants to do. Sean Hill, he's, his head will land 20 yards behind the rest of his body. He'll just explode. He's like a wooden dummy. It's going to be like a movie. It's going to be like a bad movie special effect, just his body exploding. And then, do you know where we are, Dave? Walker, Texas Ranger Taylor, Taylor Heineke is out because he tried to kick a door down. No, then, don't say it. Don't say it. I don't All of a sudden, no. jogging out to the center of midfield, Fuck it's you. Joel Stave. <laughs> God damn it. A guy who was so bad in practice one day, Mike Zimmer just ended practice before Stave could throw any more interceptions. Yeah. It is, it is important to note for those of you who, you know, this is theoretically the college football preview. Maybe some of you don't follow college football. Joel Stavi was benched some last year because he, and this is a direct quote from Joel Stavi, kind of forgot how to throw. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, that, no. That's, that's not like a hurtful thing that somebody said. That's something Joel Stavi said. But it's also fair to point out that <clears throat> I, I don't think a lot of people know that Wisconsin has actually had a Time Lord playing quarterback yes. for the last 20 years. who has been the quarterback at Wisconsin for I, not even 20, two decades. 23, 24 years. Maybe 100. <laughs> if, if you look back at the last seven guys who played quarterback for Wisconsin, they're all the same guy. And late, the last few have all had the initials JS, like they gave up and just started <laughs> kind of you know coming up with variations on the same name. But you look back, it's like, okay, Daryl Bevel, John Stocko, Joel Stavi, Brooks Bollinger. Yep, these are all the same guy. They're yep. exactly the same guy. It was like when Lloyd Carr was coaching Michigan and they had Chad Henney in various disguises uh-huh. play quarterback for 14 straight years. Oh, right. And then, like, the next year it was Chaz Heine. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Chad Navarre. Yeah. Same guy over and over. Wisconsin had the same thing going with the quarterback. And you gotta you gotta be impressed with the Vikings regime that when bringing in, to be fair, the fourth string quarterback, they said, Who should we get? I don't know. I heard of this Stavity kid. Why don't we bring him in to be the fourth quarterback? Good job, guys. Mm-hmm. There were only <laughs> I guess this is the same regime that brought in the second worst tackle in all of college football as a draft pick. So I thought he was the worst. Uh like second worst of the way. Does it really matter whether he was the second worst player or the worst player? For accuracy purposes, though, Bill Beavers was the second worst. People come, second worst? People come to here to listen to us for accuracy, first yeah. and foremost. People come to us for facts. Yep. <laughs> the amazing thing about this afternoon Facts and was, positivity. I got, I got a text from Wade 
who said, have you been on Twitter in the last half hour? And I naturally assumed that there was another earthquake in Italy or there was some sort of other national disaster or a horrible mass murder. And instead, it was just Twitter absolutely blowing up about Teddy Bridgewater getting hurt. Yeah, it was the exact same kind of check on your loved ones kind of day. Yeah, I did get, and I'm not, uh, as you guys know, I'm not the biggest super fan. And even I got a few text messages of like, did you hear, did you hear what's going on, man? Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. How's, how's, how's your family? So John, you are just chalking this up to an absolute lost year. And maybe it's going to be one of those like Spurs situations when David Robinson went down of like, maybe they just end up getting a crazy good draft pick out of this whole deal. And then they just run it back next year. So that's one way to look at it. Dave, where do you rank on this? Where do you fall on on how how big of a blow was this to you? Do you think? Well, um, I I think my immediate reaction on Twitter was to predict two and fourteen and suggest that there should be a law for publicly shaming Teddy Truthers. Sure, yeah, that sounds so, reasonable um, in hindsight. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm <laughs> sticking I, with that. Clearly, I reacted well. <laughs> I, I you know better than I, John, although that's not saying much. This yeah, is just a, a huge Zimmer prank. I have a friend. <laughs> I have a friend who tweeted at me to say, hey, did you see this with, you know, a copy of one of the tweets that said that Teddy got hurt, who's a Packers fan. And I texted a mutual friend of ours to say, I'm texting you instead of tweeting at this other guy, because if I tweet back at him, I'm going to say something terrible. And I don't want to do that. Wow. Because I just I just wanted to tweet. I hope your house burns down because I was so angry about it. There's nothing worse than a Packers fan. There just isn't. They're all terrible people. Sure. Who course. would love to pile your worst possible moment. You're preaching to the choir, baby. We say it every week. Everybody knows this. Yep. Well, I, I'm i having a hard time understanding or summing up how I feel because I think the one half of me says this is not necessarily going to ruin their season. If we if we thought they were a ten to eleven win team now, they're still probably a five hundred team because last year was defense and running and, and Teddy wasn't asked to do a whole lot. Uh we've talked about this plenty. Um but they were and I just looked it up, thirty first in passing yards last year. So and they were good last year. So that was just sort of the formula. So um and again their defense should be as good or better and whoever they ask to play quarterback, which we can talk about in a little bit, just needs to keep the lights on in a way. And they should at least be competitive. They will be yeah, worse. The- There's no doubt about it. They will be worse, but they should at least be competitive. So that's like the one half of my brain. Um, the biggest skill for a Vikings quarterback behind this offensive line is the ability to run far enough out of the pocket that you're allowed to throw the ball out of bounds. Yeah. That's really the only thing you need to do. So they could, you know. Again, Teddy well, was not asked to do a ton. Neil nor Joel Stave has that, so right. So maybe they can go find somebody else or whatever. That's like the one point of me. And then um, I know initially uh, Vegas had the Vikings between nine and a half and ten wins. I don't know where it landed. There's a bunch of different sites. As of this recording, they had not gone back up with a new updated win total. But they, from what I've seen, they're they're now at seven and a half, eight. So they're basically saying Ted. <laughs> is a two-win quarterback at this point. Fair or not, that's well, what Vegas is thinking and saying. So that's like, again, that's the, I guess you could call it the positive outlook of this is still a pretty pretty talented squad, and um, 
and again, it, he, but you say this, that, but that's the difference between making the playoffs and possibly winning the division and missing the playoffs. So, yeah, exactly. But but I'm just, I guess, I'm just sort of echoing Zimmer's point and Dave's as well. Of like, this is you're right. It's a, this was not a one man team last year, and it, it most likely wasn't going to be this year. But on the other hand, the other side of my brain is like, I don't want to fucking watch this team at all for one second anymore this year. Like, that's the only reason I wanted to watch him. I don't really get jazzed about uh, a three and out on defense or a sack or whatever. I don't get jazzed about Adrian Peterson because he's a uh, – I just don't like him. So, sure, maybe they'll win eight games. I don't give a shit anymore. That's, for me, the the big thing is more about watchability and entertainment because that's kind of how I view football in general, obviously. Um so that's why it's weird to see something like, okay, this just affected your team by, again, no one can see into the future, but two wins. Why is this that big of a deal? Well, because that was really the only exciting part to me uh, about about the whole season. So it's like... Well, I, two, two wins isn't nothing. Two wins is the difference between going to the playoffs and yeah. being Jeff Fisher. Yeah, exactly. Right. Sure. I know. I know it's not Tell nothing, but it's also not like if uh, you mentioned it before, if Aaron Rodgers went out with the same thing, their win total would probably go from 11 to five and a half. Right. Yeah. Uh, if Aaron Rodgers also went out with the same thing that I'd know for sure that God is alive and existing. <laughs> but it did happen one year, right? He was out all year and they ended up winning. I don't know. They had a bad year. So it's not that, yeah. but it's still just really, really is a, is a huge bummer for me. For for me as a I guess you could call me a casual fan or or what have you, uh, I am. We'll call you a bandwagon fan. Fa- well, no, 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 fair weather fan. Can we call me? I'll I'll agree to fair weather fan. I'm not bandwagon. They're still my favorite team, no matter what. Yeah, there. I'm a fair Until weather. You fan. get a second team. But that's the thing. That's a huge bummer. Is that for even fair weather fans? It's like. Again, I don't think anybody had any expectations that he was going to be a top five quarterback this year or that he was going to throw for uh, 40 touchdowns this year. Um, but still, it, it, football dingers. it was football dingers. Uh, it was still a really just shocking. And then there's also, of course, wrapped up in the, in the immediate thing of like, is he even going to be okay beyond this year? So I think I'm, I'm feeling a little bit better that the news came out that he will likely... Uh, recover, but um, yeah, he will live through the night. He was, yeah, he's, yeah, he's out of intensive care. Uh, yeah, not on life support anymore, which is fantastic. But that to me is the is the thing that's. I guess I'm I'm surprised at how bummed out I am at at something like this for. Uh, so, yeah, okay. Well, I, I I know this will just drive you nuts, Brandon, but I think. Uh, It'll be interesting if this makes the Vikings even more run heavy. It'll number one bore the bore the heck out of Brandon. Yeah, but, but number two, I, I think as the league becomes more focused on passing, going you know very strongly the other way becomes tougher and tougher to stop. Mm-hmm. It'll be a year where AP has four hundred carries and averages six yards a carry, and then his leg falls off, and we never have to hear about him again. It'll be the best of all worlds. That is true. We so are going to drive him into the ground. Four. So what you're thinking, Dave, is triple I, I two I fullbacks. I don't know why not two tight ends, two fullbacks every play. Well, I mean, I just I just saw an article on you know 
replacement Grantland about how, you know, pointing out that nickel defense is pretty much the base defense these days because yeah. people line up with at least three receivers most of the time. So if you suddenly zig the other way and come out with, you know, Red Ellison on the field every play and a fullback <laughs> most plays and another tight end who can't catch but can block. This is going to be great. I, so, lo- I love this idea. So, suddenly, suddenly it's it's a little bit of a challenge. It's like, you know, again, call forward to the college football preview. It's like playing a triple option team where <laughs> you just, you know, they're so different from what you're used to that you honestly kind of don't know how to prepare. I, I mean, I think they know ends. how to prepare for a running team. They, It's the same team yeah. they've been for many years. I want two tight ends, I want a fullback, and I want a flanker in a three-point stance. (laughs) I want all this. As as long as Stefan Diggs is blocking, like, the defensive end on most plays, I'm going to be pretty pleased. I want a wingback. I want a wingback out of this. Laquan Treadmill was – or LeBron Treadmill, sorry. Sorry. Once you call him LeBron LeBron Treadmill once, you'll never be able to LeBron Treadmill was supposed to be the best blocking receiver in the draft. Yep, put him in. He's blocking outside linebackers now. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so so defend this this running play with three cornerbacks. We have have hit upon a silver lining. We're going to ground Adrian Peterson to dust. Yep. And never have to hear from him again. This is the final year of Adrian Peterson as a running back because he will be too injured after this season. And then number two is, again, which is a bummer, but the draft pick. Those are the only two silver linings we have about this injury. Those are... I, I really don't want to start looking forward till next no, year's draft. I'm, I'm tired of draft picks. Oh, God damn it. Uh, okay, so let me ask another question, then we'll move on to our college football preview. Uh, who do you think is going to – do you think they're going to sign another quarterback? They have to, right? Uh, Kaepernick? Yeah, I, I, fine. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't honestly think you can last more than a game or two with Sean Hill. Yeah, and I understand the point of view that he's been in the system and yada, 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 but he is going to die on the field. Yep. He is a dead man walking. If he yeah, doesn't I mean, get injured, I'm, I'm, I'm completely fine with keeping him as a starter, but you need to have another guy who's ready to come yeah, in you need a backup for sean hill now sean hill is now your starting quarterback yep and backup is a real thing you can't just have it you you never want to, you never go full stop it no no you don't jesus no so they need somebody so it'll be interesting who from the scrap heap uh or uh i don't I, is josh I, freeman still available Oh, Josh Freeman's available, I assume, if he can get time off work. <laughs> just parked my car at Maynard's last week. I, he said he was doing, doing just fine. Just go ahead and sign him up. Put him in the game. He's on acid. Can't really see straight. <laughs> LSD nightmare. I don't even know if Kaepernick's available, uh, but I would assume that he's probably one of the best options. I mean, again, he doesn't do much, but in this offense, you need a guy who's mobile, obviously, uh, and can do a little bit with his legs. I was reading, and it, it seemed like a crazy fall from grace for Kaeper, Kaepernick, and I was always wondering, because I don't really pay much attention to other teams you know, that much, at least not the, the specific ins and outs of a, of a player. So I was curious, like, what, what happened to him? Has he been, was he injured, or you know, what's up? And the, um, 
there was an article, I think on, I don't remember exactly where sports on earth or maybe ring or something of like, what happened to Colin Kaepernick is nothing at all happened to him. They just figured out how to stop him from running. And he was never a very good passer. And uh, if he got a little bit worse at running, he was not going to be a very good quarterback anymore. And that's what happened. So I don't know if that's supposed to make you feel any better or worse, but I found it to be pretty interesting. He's at least serviceable, though, right? He's more serviceable than Sean Hill. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, I I also... As much as the lists of potential replacements make me want to weep, um, they are all better than Sean Hill. (laughs) Sean Hill is old and slow and inaccurate and has a bad arm. There's, there's, there's not. He's a, he's a zero tool quarterback. <laughs> oh God. He's, you know, there's just there's nothing that makes you say, oh, that'll be fine. It's, yeah. It's... Nothing about nothing about him is like, yep, everything's fine. He's not good at this, but he's this. He's not good at this, but he also can't do anything. He's just got nothing going for him. God damn it! You guys are not helping at all. No, this is not a time for us to be supportive and make make people feel better. This is a time to get prepared for yeah. the horribleness that's coming next. I, I mean, the the people that are honestly being suggested are the kind of quarterbacks you would use to taunt somebody with. Like maybe they can get Mark Sanchez. Maybe they. Can, I think Geno Smith is in on the block. Austin <laughs> Davis all these is available. Jets rejects. Yeah, who, who's who's backing up Tyrod Taylor in Buffalo now? Is it still Doug Flutie? I bet it's Doug Flutie. Doug Flutie available. Ugh. Yeah, we're let's totally let's stop fine. talking about the Vikings. I just can't. I can't handle anymore. College football for you. That's what we're here for. You want to get into it? I do. I want Dave to tell us why the Gophers are going to win the Big Ten West. Oh boy. Uh, yeah, Dave. Let's talk about it. How do you want to break this? Why do you want to break this baby down? You want to go offense, then defense? Do you want to give an overall? I mean, you're a guy. Evil Twin Dave, you are a guy. Lead us through the the official sportive gopher football preview. Hmm. Well, I, I think the big story of the offseason in general has been the new offensive coordinator who is basically installing the same offense. Yeah, Jay Johnson. Uh-huh. Is really really going off track. Matt Langrover era is over, so we're going with a different offense that involves all of the same things. Yeah. Same playbook, so you don't have to reprint any copies, which is great for the environment. Mm-hmm. Quarterback's going to run sometimes, but not always. Mm-hmm. They're going to throw some, but mostly run. That's a wrinkle. That's a wrinkle. And um, that's it. I, that that's all we. Do. Sorry, I think both Dave and I just got distracted by <laughs> one of the most amazing twins plays ever that involved Indians left-hander Shelby Miller picking up a roller up the first baseline and throwing it about where the second baseman started the play. Yeah, he threw it straight to the right fielder. <laughs> Followed by is that Jordan Schaefer? No, it's Logan Schaefer. Logan Schaefer. Dave, and keep Logan up, man. Schaefer, yeah, Logan. To describe this, Logan Schaefer rounded first as the ball rolled to the right fielder. Made like he was going to go, and then about 30 feet from the base just stopped and sort of jogged lightly back while the right fielder picked the ball up and almost threw him out at first base. It was The reason we got silent there is that we couldn't turn away from the absolute disaster 
I mean, it, it was a play that if we had pulled it off in Legion baseball, would have had the coach yelling, get yourselves organized out there. Terry yeah. Francona is now arguing. I think that, <laughs> that he, he shouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. That shouldn't have happened. So, this so, is a major league baseball game. Just in general. None of that should have happened. Can we just do that yeah, over? Can we have a do-over? Get their money yep. back. We're going we're gonna to go ahead and have a do-over because that wasn't, that wasn't what anybody should do on a major league baseball field. Sure. Let's get back to the Golden yeah. Football offense. Jay Johnson, new offensive coordinator, basically just, I, I assume they didn't even take the Matt Limegrover nameplate off of the offensive coordinator's office at the I mean, football complex. I don't think anybody knows yet how it's going to be different, partly because it's not going to be that different, and also partly just because none of us really watched Louisiana Lafayette a whole lot last year. Yeah, well, it, There's I been mean, a lot of articles about, what is Jay Johnson going to do? We talked to a guy who's seen Louisiana Lafayette, and the guy's always like, yeah, they're going to do some stuff. Uh, they'll throw the ball a little, but meh, run. Quarterback <laughs> will run or pass. Because that's allowed in the rules of football, so I don't know why you would take those options away from him. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I think... Well, how were they the last year offense, offensively? Well, the stat that the paper has kept quoting, because the paper, you know... Joe Christensen is trying to be a nice guy and support the team just like everybody. So he's been quoting the, hey, the Gophers were 108th in scoring offense last year stat. The the problem with that is it kind of, it doesn't take into account the fact that the Gophers just go slower than anybody else in college football except for Kansas State. Like there are about five teams total left that still huddle up before plays, and the Gophers are one of them. Yeah, and the Gophers make sure to use every yeah. second. Of, uh-huh. The Gophers look like they're trying to run the clock down at every point in the game. Right. So Oregon will run like 105 plays a game, and the Gophers are aiming for 42. <laughs> um. So they were 108th think, from a from a volume perspective, but efficient efficiency yep. they were underneath better. from an actual scoring points perspective. They okay. they were about middle of the conference, middle of the nation in offense last year okay. by the fancy stats. Average. They they fancy. weren't they weren't spectacular, but they weren't that bad. Yeah, about sixtieth nationally, I think seventh in the Big Ten. And where do you see and that going this year? That, knowing that it's we don't know Jay Johnson at all, but just talent wise, <laughs> who they lost and who sure. they are what do you what do you think? Well the the other big change on offense that hasn't I I think they've rebuilt the offensive line with a couple of junior college transfers. Uh they don't have a ton of depth. Uh, they had a lot of injuries last year, so the depth is based on the fact that I think, you know, 11 guys played at least four games last year or yeah. something. When you look at the returning starters, if you don't buy guys who started most of the games, they have none. If you count it by anybody who started a game, they somehow have eight returning starters on the offensive line. Yeah. Nice. And they have 14 returning starters on offense, right. the most in the country. <laughs> the, the coaching staff and the media has been the kind of positive that lets you know that they're not really sure how it's going to go. Like, you know, any question about the offensive line has been, no, they've looked great. Everything is fine. Yeah, there's no problem. I don't know what any of you are talking about. Like they've gone full Zimmer on the offensive line. <laughs> Everybody looks great when you're blocking pads. Yeah. Um, so that could be. It's it's plausible that it could be a disaster or it could be fine. I don't. They're 
they're talking a lot about the nastiness of the offensive line. Oh boy, I, which is sort of a stupid concept. But the other Lime Grover was the offensive coordinator, but he was also the line coach, and they hired a guy from. Is it from? Was he from Wisconsin? Pardon Miller. He, he was at Wisconsin, and then he was at somewhere else that I can't quite remember. And now he's here. We got a spy. Yeah, he's, a spy he's younger than any of us. He's a millennial. Ooh. And what he's supposed to be bringing back to the offensive line is a sense of. I, I assume they're just going to commit more personal fouls or something. I don't quite understand it. I think but, typically you know, nasty they, is code for bad at what they do. If you asked if someone if they were going to yeah. be good, and he was like, "We're going to be nasty," you'd be like, "Oh my god, you're useless." Yeah, it's like Alex Boone on the Vikings offensive line. He's nasty. Well, all that seems to mean is that he's going to win. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. If on an equal number of blocks, but... He'll also try to grab your balls on the bottom of a pile. <laughs> he will step on you after you've sacked our quarterback. Yeah, he, he will step on you. He will absolutely step on you when the reverie's not looking. The name that keeps getting invoked, you know, from Gopher history is Zach Epping, who did make all conference on the offensive line, which is, you know, pretty good for a kid who I think was a walk on. But also, once a game would, you know, take his helmet off and throw it at somebody <laughs> or, you know, would. Would Epping would pull out a crowbar right. and just hit somebody over the head with it? Zach, you can't do that. I'm sorry. You know, he is nasty. Kind of look, yeah, it, it's like a switch. You know, the timer went off at his head, and he would block somebody for 14 seconds after the whistle, like they were respotting. They'd be respotting the ball, and he'd be like trying to drive the guy into the cheerleaders in the corner of the end zone. You know, it's just the, the kind of like. Zach, that's Jesus. that's so illegal. I almost don't know what to do just now. Man, he <laughs> sounds nasty. God, we're nasty. There's not even a gray area there. It's right. just, it's almost the cops might be coming <laughs> for you. It's just beyond illegal. So, All right, so we've got a Wisconsin know. spy who's teaching our our kids to be nasty. This is a terrible yeah. start for what I was thinking for this team. But who knows? But they've got they've got a few skill position guys. They've got a good tight end, although he's hurt, isn't he? Yes. Lingen. So the the second option at tight end is Nate Wozniak, who's six foot ten, has always been six foot ten, and is quoted as like he just figured out how to be six foot ten. Yeah, before so, he was hmm. running around on his knees, which yeah. wasn't good for. <laughs> it's hard to catch passes when you're on your knees, and in college you're down right away there, yeah. Nate Wozniak. Um, but you know they they have. They have the same kind of talent they've always had at the skill positions. They've Big got, white guys. They've got some decent running backs. They've got a 
quarterback who has antlers. They have (laughs) various wide receivers with something like, you know, there's something that's not quite, there's a category in which they are below average. They have Drew Wolitarski, who runs, I think, a (laughs) 5.3 in the 40. (laughs) Drew Wolitarski's finishing behind linemen in the 40-yard dash. Drops about every third pass, but sometimes makes tough catches and also wrote a novel in the offseason. Yeah, really? So that's nice. (laughs) Man, Drew Wolitarski is the whitest wide receiver in college football. He's whiter than we are. That's saying something. Yeah, that's that's hard to do. We are the whitest podcast in all of podcasting, but Drew Wolitarski is whiter than us. You know, they've got... They've got the same kind of receivers the Gophers always has. Yep. Have, you know, There's a guy from, like KJ May who's quick and fast, but you look at him and it's like, wow, KJ May is four foot six. Yeah. You know, th- there's a reason that the Gophers wound up recruiting the guys who aren't from Minnesota. And the guys who are from Minnesota, there's a reason they didn't go somewhere else. Yep. Like, the West Metro All Stars, yeah. we call them. Although this, you know, they're very high on Tyler Johnson, who's from Minneapolis North. All right. Um, he's might actually be athletic. Um, they also have a kid from Marshall whose name has like a bunch of vowels. In the like room. not Duluth uh, Marshall. We're talking Marshall no, in no, southwestern Marshall, Minnesota. Marshall, Minnesota. <laughs> I, I want to say his name's Drew Kimaluski or something. Ooh. So it's it's you know the kind of name where all the consonants are bunched together for no reason. Mm-hmm. So he's going to go out there three point stance neck roll. Yep. He'll have it all out on the wide receiver yep. spot. Mm-hmm. Universally yep. beloved. Yep. Um, the more it's boring or of. Go for football. Did Moritz Boringer get cut today? I don't know. Anyway. You know, they, they cut John Sullivan about five minutes after Teddy got hurt. That yeah, was odd. For a second, I thought like, John Sullivan stepped on Teddy, and that's why his knee blew up. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> you, John. <laughs> You're cut. You're so cut. Um, I fired on the spot. You anymore. Yeah. You're cut. So anyway, the, the offense, I think it's probably unreasonable to accept, expect them to suddenly be a top 20 offense. Yeah. But... Well, that's always unreasonable for any goal for yep. offense. You know, I it's think the beginning of time, right? Fancy stats wise, they went from you know ninety something when you know in Kill's first year to fortieth the year before last, and then kind of fell back to about sixtieth last year. So, you know, I think top forty is within the realm of possibility, but so is finishing eightieth in offense. Gotcha. Yeah, and it is worth mentioning that they're gonna, like Dave said, they're gonna struggle to they're going to struggle to pile up yardage or pile up points because they move so slowly. Well, we don't know that with Jay Johnson, who I want to call Jay Johnstone. Who's Jay Johnstone? Jay Johnstone played shortstop for the Mariners like in 1980, but he was also <laughs> in the naked gun. And that's why I remember him. <laughs> that's, that's a good pull, Dave. Uh-huh. You're allowed Jay to Johnstone call him from the naked gun. You know, we usually are pretty big uh, sticklers on calling people by their appropriate names here on the sportive. Yeah. But I think in this case, it's, it's close enough. Uh, we'll allow you to call him by something else. So Jay okay, Johnstone. So anyway, yeah, John Jason, the new offensive coordinator. Yep. We, do, we don't actually know what kind of, you know, tempo they're going to try to play at. I, I think the one thing I'm going to miss from the Lime Grover era, and I don't know that, uh, Again, we know nothing about John Jaso and his offense. It is like, but the nice thing about Lime Grover, the way he called the offense, is that he was he was probably the least egotistical offensive coordinator I've ever seen. What what I mean by that is there are plenty of offensive coordinators, and yes, I'm thinking of previous Gopher offensive coordinator Jed Fish, um, that basically call the offense with the design of trying to prove what a genius they are. Like, 
you know, they'll move the ball down the field running it, and then suddenly they'll call three passes in a row. Yep. And it really isn't it for any reason except like, oh, we, we had all the passes in the playbook and I just couldn't resist not calling them. Or, the, you know, they'll pull out trick plays on their own 20 in the first quarter just because they worked on that trick play all week and they got to make sure they got it in. Whereas Matt Limegrover as an offensive coordinator, if something was working, they would just keep calling it. They, they It wasn't designed, you know, it wasn't designed to make Brandon entertained. It was it was just for, <laughs> okay, well, running it up the middle has worked four times in the row. Let's run it up the middle some more. You know who else is good at it? Some of those Glenn Mason teams. Here I'm specifically remembering. Yeah, but when that's not good on Glenn Illinois. Mason. We can't. You're going to have I'm a... just remembering a game against Illinois where they discovered that they could run to the left and also line up a guy in in the slot in motion and fake a reverse action and Illinois had no idea what to do and they ran that play literally 55 times in the second half just nothing but that play over and over and over again and it was hilarious to watch it keep working and it was kind of fun in the line grove era too of all right we ran off tackle a couple times at work we're gonna run off tackle 40 times in a row yeah why not I mean line grover's line grover's play calling strategy was kind of the 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 scene from Major League where Tom Berenger says, oh, I wonder which pitch we should call, and it just keeps calling fastballs to the same guy. <laughs> that, Boy, so many it. pitches to choose from. Yep, just fastballs. So many plays to choose from, and Lime Grover's just staring down at a sheet of paper that has one play yeah, drawn says, on it. run David Cobb over the yep. over guard. Well, let's give him the old number one again. Mm-hmm. Yep, so, that was the Lime Grover offense, and might be the John Jason offense as well. So to summarize the offense, they have potentially top 50 talent, but we don't know what kind of offense Jermaine Jackson's going to be running. So what we'll you, have to see. <laughs> What'd you say? They were 60th and 7th in the league last year? I think so. All right. They're going to be 60th and 7th in the Big Ten yeah, again that, this that's, year. That seems about a reasonable assumption. How many okay. teams are in the Big Ten now? 16, uh, 18, 20? 14 in the what Big Ten. What are we up to this year? Yeah. Uh, all right. So what about defense? How were they last year, and what do you think is going to be different this sure. year? Defense, they were probably uh, top 30 last year. I think they they lost some guys in the defensive secondary, and that'll be a little difficult to replace just because they lost some really good players. Yeah, Body um, Calhoun is gone, right? Yeah, Brian Eric Body Murray Calhoun is gone. And Aaron, Eric Murray. Yeah. Um, Eric Murray was are, huge. I like that guy. I don't know yeah. if he was very effective, but he was just a big body. Right. Yeah. I mean, they were both all-conference type of guys. Right. So I think seeing whether those guys are replaced will be interesting. They didn't really play very well on the defensive line last year. and But every, especially defensive tackle, everybody's back. So it's the question of, well. Yeah, everybody's they, bad, Yeah, but they're all more experienced this right. year. Oh. Will they get better because they're older, or do we just have a bunch of terrible defensive tackles? Did we hire a new strength coach this year? I don't believe so. I believe no. Eric Klein is still. Jeez. And usually that's what they say. What usually a, when the new coach comes in, they hire a new strength coach, and everyone's like, yeah, we're so much better this year. The old guy, he had us wearing wrestling singlets and trying to lift barbells above our head with one hand. Yeah. This guy actually knows how to lift weights. We're going to be so much stronger. And then the season starts, and it's like, well, that's great, but your offensive linemen are still six feet tall and 235 pounds, so they're still getting run over. But right. I, I think – I, th- I think it's still kind of an open question. They, they lost some very good players. They do they did have some depth, and they do have some depth, so they're not completely up the creek. But 
you, it, it again, you can convince yourself they'll be just as good, or you convince can convince yourself they'll get worse. I don't think they'll be bad. I, I, it would be a surprise to have them fall below like the midpoint of the Big Ten or the midpoint of the nation, which is. Still, if you've been watching the Gophers long enough, just an incredible thing to say. That has been the most amazing thing of the Jerry Kill era, is they have a broadly competent defense. It is to have the other team facing third and fifteen and not and think something other than how are they going to screw this one up. Yeah. Right. But it really pays to follow somebody completely incompetent that this is still really yeah. good news for us. If you can get a job after Tim Brewster is at it, by all means, do that. Yes. That's like probably our number one biggest life advice at the Sportive. Yeah. Follow Tim Brewster. Follow Tim Brewster around and do whatever he was doing before. Yeah. Because it's guaranteed that you'll look like a genius. Our three words that are most important in life replace Tim Brewster. Yep. Just in general. Mm -hmm. Those three. That's all that matters. Okay, so with the combination of a maybe, if you squint, better than league average offense and most likely better than average defense, uh, now I have a question for you. What about our quality of schedule overall? How's it looking? Well, the quality of schedule is what has people talking themselves into the Gophers because, um, and uh, you know, to do a little history lesson here, the last two years, the Big Ten office intentionally jimmied the schedule to give, to try to make it easy on what they felt was the top teams. I would say that this was a scandal, except they were very open about it. Like at no point did they ever deny that they were intentionally giving Wisconsin and Iowa and Michigan and Ohio State easy schedules. Yeah, they didn't want they didn't want Wisconsin to play Michigan during the regular season if they could help it. Yeah. So they didn't want Iowa playing Ohio State. You just don't wanna you don't wanna give those games away. Right. Two important Two years. Okay. While while Wisconsin had, I think, Maryland and Rutgers as crossover divisional games. Somehow had a community and, college as a crossover right. game. Iowa had Rutgers and Indiana. The Gophers had Michigan and Ohio State. Um Ouch, and baby. I'm 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 very proud that the Gophers beat Michigan twice. Don't at me. They beat them twice. Yeah, and they <laughs> kind of drew Ohio State into an ugly rock fight both years. Um, <laughs> Ohio State didn't enjoy themselves. Yeah. No one will remember those games. Yeah, they, it wasn't like the Tim Brewster era where Ohio State was up fifty-two to nothing at the end of the first half or whatever. And, but this year, the schedule is actually and seriously randomized. And it's hilarious because Wisconsin on the crossover has Michigan, Ohio State, and Michigan State, <laughs> um, which is the first terrible schedule Wisconsin's gotten in probably 20 years. Yeah, go screw yourselves, Badger fans. Yeah. I hope you choke. I, I assume Barry Alvarez is calling Delaney to, Jim Delaney to complain every single day because they have to actually play somebody. Yeah. Um, How dare they schedule us against a team other than right. who we wanted? We're Wisconsin, the team that started their football program in 1992. Uh, Iowa got some decent crossover games. Meanwhile, the Gophers have Maryland, Rutgers, and Penn State. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Is Penn State good again? Penn Penn State is not bad. So there has been sort of an undercurrent of people picking the Gophers as a sleeper in the West Division, 
but it's really it's based on schedule more than anything else and that's always a dangerous sort of place to be because yeah. there there are teams every year that people talk themselves into based on oh well they don't play hardly anybody and then usually that team you know proves just how many games you can lose the you know, only sort of good teams. This even happened to schools like Indiana a few times, where it'd be like, Indiana doesn't have to play Michigan or Ohio State this year. Indiana's going to be okay. They got a new coach and blah, blah, blah. And then they come out and they lose a couple non-conference games and end up going four and seven like they always do. But it's easy to talk yourself into, well, if they won all of the games that they could potentially be competitive in, then they could win most of their games. Right. You know, sort of the the other factor with the schedule is basically there are three actual good teams in the Big Ten, and they're all in the East Division. The aforementioned Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State. And Um, the Gophers play none of them. Right. In the West Division, there are basically five teams that are all about equally good. Those being Nebraska, the Gophers, Northwestern, Iowa, and Wisconsin. Which is to say they're not really that good. No, no. These are not top 25, but probably top 40 sort of teams. It's going to be a throw it into a hat kind of year. Like well, it, Northwestern I, will beat two of them and lose the two of them, and I, it'll just be randomized. I, I think, I think you know, bearing anything major, that's kind of going to be the way it always is for the Big Ten West. There's nobody that really – there's nobody sitting on top of an incredible recruiting hotbed there's nobody who's got you know major talent in their backyard or some kind of structural advantage. Yeah, Tom this, Osborne's now walking through that door in Nebraska. Yeah, Nebraska can't admit you know three dozen partial qualifiers or give quote academic scholarships to fifty walk-ons from Nebraska or do a, you know do the things that made Nebraska a power. <laughs> Nebraska's struggling so much now that they have to follow rules. <laughs> it, it really it's been is. real rough for Nebraska. Yeah, it's it's been a, it's been a tough road for them. <laughs> it's they also keep you know they fired Frank Solich for going nine and three once and then they had losing records then they fired Bill Callahan for going seven and five right. now but, they're down to firing who's yeah, their coach now Mike Riley they, they, <laughs> they're gonna end up fighting Mike Riley for going four and seven um but as I were proved last year when you're about as equally as good as everybody sometimes the coin just keeps coming up heads I mean it, it's I always probably the 40th best team in the country and they went 12 and 0 there's no there's so i get so much pleasure not about iowa having an undefeated regular season but then losing the big 10 championship game painfully and then getting beat 100 to nothing by stanford in the rose bowl yeah that was genuinely delightful it was an absolute blowout right i don't remember the score but wasn't it something At one point, I think it was thirty-five to nothing in yeah, the second it was, it quarter. Was thirty-five to nothing, like midway through the second quarter. Yeah, that was. And then that was not fair. Iowa fans got mad about the Stanford Bands halftime show and just generally exposed themselves as a bunch of yeah. and clowns and morons. They're which, Packers <laughs> fans in black and gold. Yeah, which you know, <laughs> it was worth it. It was kind of worth it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so the strength of schedule outlook is pretty positive in general, right? I mean. The, it could be a lot worse, and it has been a lot worse in recent years. Right. So that's good. So it, yeah, it, the schedule is basically it's based on talking talking yourself into the idea that the Gophers will not lose games that they should win, and also win toss ups, 
which has never been true, not no, once. Never happened. But if you can talk yourself into it, hmm. you can talk yourself into just about anything with this schedule because there's nobody on it that's so substantially better than the Gophers that you can't pretend they at least have a chance. Okay, yeah, Dave. You heard it here first. Dave Marthaler predicting the Gophers go 12 and 0 this season. No. I no. want to hear it though. I, How much have you talked yourself into the into this team? What is your wins prediction this year or record prediction I suppose? I I think they'll win 7 or 8 games in the Big 10. No, John. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> 7 or 8 games. I, I think gotcha. there are I think there are 5 games that they really should win, those being the non-conference games. The non-conference schedule is Oregon State, who's bad. Who sounds cool, but they were like 2-10 and 10 last year. Damn it. And haven't gotten any better. Shit. They're, Oregon State, I'm, it's a little sad because they did. They have been trying to schedule some decent non-conference opponents, but you have to schedule them 10 years out. And so this year you have Oregon State and Colorado State, who are actually pretty good when they scheduled the games yeah. and are now both fairly terrible. So they're boring games that no one wants to go to, which is depressing because the idea was to get some good non-conference opponents. Well, at least I've heard of those colleges. That's a step in the right direction. Yeah. yeah. right. You, we don't have to argue well, what state either one of those schools is in. <laughs> yes, they're there's, actually, there's no Quinnia packs in these groups. <laughs> no. the, entire, the entire non-conference schedule is something state. So Who's Ooh. the third one? Indiana State. Ooh, the Sycamores. The yeah. Sycamores. Larry Bird isn't walking through that door. No. 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 <laughs> It'd be weird if he was. Yeah, even if he was, he's old and he has a bad back. I don't Actually, it'd be fine. It'd be fine if he walked. So they the door. should win, or they should beat Oregon State. Which one of those is on the road? Colorado State? No, none of them. Oh, three, all three, all three are at home. Games are home. Oh, that sucks. Um, so you start with those three. They should win those three. They have basically the season will sort of turn on the first two games of the conference schedule. Those being the first two games in October. Um, and that's at Penn State to start the conference season and then home with Iowa. And I think that'll be a pretty good barometer. Like, if they lose both of those and, you know, if they manage to lose one of the non- or more than one of the non-conference games, too, well, you can pretty much safely ignore them. Yeah, then we're talking about bowl eligibility and whether they can make the pizza bowl in Detroit. Right. But if they win both of them, you can convince yourself that they're going to start 9-0 and because the middle of the conference schedule is very forgiving. So if they're 5-0, and they're going to be 9-0. and Well, no. And probably 12-0. and If they're 5-0, and they're going to blow a game to someone they should, right. and it's going to make me want to pound my head on <laughs> And then they'll end the season by losing the last three somehow, even right. if the teams they should beat. All right, that yeah. makes sense. I, I think it's going to be pretty tough for them to win at Penn State. I that would be an impressive win, I think. In, in general, Gophers fans are talking themselves into the idea that kind of randomness is going to snap back and hit Iowa in the face this year. And while I like that line of thinking, I don't think it's actually true because Iowa is not that bad. Um, then they have, they have, in that middle stretch, they have Purdue and Rutgers at home, and they really should win those games. Yeah. Uh, Purdue is, you Purdue, should never lose to Rutgers yeah. at football. Purdue is sad. Things are sad in uh, West Lafayette. And Rutgers is hopefully, they're basically hoping to not be a tire fire this year. That would be an improvement for them. Yeah. Um, if they end the season with enough players to field the team this year, they'll be doing better. But the, they also go to Illinois and Maryland. 
And Illinois and Maryland are both the kind of team that are going to go two and seven in the conference, but one of those two will be a six-touchdown beating of somebody who they had no business even competing with. Right. And that could be the Gophers. That's that's very plausible. Uh, you know, that sounds Gophers-esque. Right. I- Illinois is kind of the classic, they should be better than they are team because they're actually, you know, they have a, some decent recruiting in Illinois, and they hired Lovey Smith as a coach. So whether that means... <laughs> I'm be, pretty sure Bears fans will not be yeah, too enthusiastic about I, Lovey I, Smith coming to Illinois. That, that could that could mean anything. That the Pro coaches going to college is always sort of a fascinating thing. It's like Dave Wanestet in Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is going to be great. Oh, yeah. this isn't good. Yeah, no. So if if he puts like the you know 1996 cutting edge cover two in, and everyone just throws it down the middle for seven thousand yards. Oh, this doesn't work when you only have college athletes. Yeah, uh-huh. well, that is that's hit a lot of people. Or maybe he'll actually because Illinois has been kind of a mess for a long time too. They so really have. Maybe he'll bring some stability there. But anyway. maybe so. What you're saying is maybe it's Illinois' year. I. Why do you keep exaggerating everything I, don't I know. say? I just wanted to make this Hans is... Van Sluten happy, Mr. Oh, Illinois. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, good for Hans. Yeah, it could be Illinois' year. Huh? Yeah, just a break. You heard it Congratulations here Congratulations to Hans. He's a father. He's a father now. Yeah, congrats, Congratulations buddy. to the Van Sluten. He's not listening, but congratulations to him. No, he's asleep right now. Yeah, I hope I'm so. not listening yeah. live. He's lucky sure. he's asleep right but now. When you're awake later, Hans, congratulations. Um... Okay, so John, I want to hear your predicted number of wins. Uh, Dave picked seven or eight. Yep, he chose so, two numbers, which is actually unfair. Yep, I am going to. I'm going to be more optimistic than Dave, just for a change, and say they're going to win nine games this year. Do you mean that, or are you just trying to come up with a different take, different well, spin than Evil Twin? Like, as we said a couple of times, with Jay Johnson coming in and nobody knowing anything about Jay Johnson, they could win three games this year, and they could win ten games this year. Neither one of them would surprise me a lot more than the other one. I, th- I think it's important to note that if they win eight games, by historical standards, that's actually a darn good year for the Gophers. Yeah, for the Gophers. For the well, Gophers, yes. it would mean they're over 500 in the conference, and I think they've done that, like be above... 500 in the conference, maybe five times since the mid 80s. Yeah, it, it does not happen very often. They've had a what three five and three seasons under Mason, two, two five and three seasons under Mason, right? Two and five under and three Gary seasons. Gill? That's what you Mason apologists love. Sorry, yeah. I Mike Rand, John this. Bonus. Yeah, you, you guys know who you are. You guys are idiots, and I don't like you. <laughs> um, yeah, and there's there's a six and two year for yeah. Salem Goody. No, somebody had a Joe six Salem and two year. Salem didn't win six games in five years. <laughs> I we are really going down a path here, boys. They they have not won six conference games since probably the last year they won the Big Ten. In Bernie Beerman. No, <laughs> oh, that's really very depressing. Uh, I'm gonna say that they're gonna win six games. That's also in the conference possible. total six win season. Just not feeling it. Lost a couple <laughs> good right, players. There's two players that I knew they were body Calhoun and Murray and they're both gone. Uh, quarterback is still a moose. And I just don't know if I have a ton of faith in this coaching staff yet. 
Not yet. I don't know. Maybe. So it just feels like a kind of sad year. But I hope I'm wrong. I love I love to be wrong. That's a very fair point. The, the fancy stats prediction gives the Gophers a 94% chance of winning six games. So when they do win six games, and that's presented as a major accomplishment, let's just remember that this was very easy to do. Okay, yes, that's right. good to know. For good winning know. six games this season. yeah, Six would be a disappointment for sure. I think I'm... What are their chances of winning at least nine? The chances of winning nine or more is something like... One in six, one in eight, something like that. Okay. Oh. So seven or eight Suddenly is probably the smart guys. Yeah. Right. Isn't looking so uh, good. I, I mean, if you go just by, you know, fancy stats, the fancy stats give put the Gophers second behind Nebraska in the West. <sighs> and, I mean, the Gophers. Here we've said so many terrible things about Nebraska, and they're just going to win the well, West. Well, I mean, Nebraska's got an easier schedule, too. They're a little bit better than everybody else. and But, really, it's – the West Division is a series of coin flips between five teams. It's possible to win all five of those. It's possible to lose all five of those and not be that bad. It's it's just and who are the terrible teams in the West? Purdue and Purdue and Illinois. Purdue and Illinois. And hmm. yeah, in the East, Penn State's about that level of the, those other teams in the West. Indiana can Indiana a few years ago hired. Oklahoma's offensive coordinator, Kevin Wilson. Right. And he has turned them into a big 12 team in the sense that they're great at offense and don't even care about defense. <laughs> when do we get the ball back, man? So in, in kick your, return, as soon as they punt, they're just organizing the right. kick return team. You know, you know, Brandon, if you wanted to watch one team that wasn't the Gophers, Indiana would be your guys because every game is 50 to 45. Love it. Love it. That's me, us millennials, uh-huh. that attention span. Good old Poochie. Yep. Right. And I'll then be watching Indiana, just, Snapchatting my dick to people. You know, millennial stuff. I don't. Brandon, do you understand Snapchat? Uh, I I I understand it enough to know that the whole point of Snapchat is directly uh, it's directly intended to alienate older people. Like it's well, it's worked. I super I, confusing. I don't understand it. Yeah, yeah. I I, I barely understand it. I use it once in a while. To keep up with my with my young friends, um, but yeah, it, it's very it's very alienating to uh, to use. So no, that's that's it's okay for you to not understand it. Okay, I had friend of the podcast Dan Nick try to explain it to me once, and it didn't work. I I still don't understand it. No, that's the whole point of it. That's... You're not supposed to really understand it. Even people who use it are probably like, oh, I don't even know how to. How did you do that? I don't, I don't get it. So. You know what? I'm I'm in my 30s. I'm fine not understanding things. This is going to happen more and more. Yeah. Let's you know just accept it. It'll actually you'll, make death a lot easier. Yeah, and then you'll die. Yeah. You don't want to die having like full understanding of the world you're living in. You want to be kind of old and confused and like yeah. fuck this place. You want to be angry and wishing things could go back to a yeah. past that never actually existed. It's probably sort of the key to life. Got to move through, Probably. move through, move people through. This is getting a little too deep. Okay, so let me talk about... is the key uh, to life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we are recording this on a Tuesday. We'll post it on a Wednesday. There is a game. Game one is on Thursday. Am I right? Yep. And who are they playing? Oregon State. And what is your prediction of the score? I think because the Gophers game, every game they play is always closer than it ought to be. Whether they're winning or losing, bet or worse than the other team. 
somehow they always manage to make it a close one. It's because they have and run some, 12 and, plays a game, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So I'm going to go uh, something. It'll be frustrating even though the Gophers win. So I'm going to say 24-23 on a short field goal at the buzzer, and the Gophers will have turned it over six times. <laughs> And everyone will kind of stagger out of there horrified by what it means for the year. It right. feels like a game that has a score that should never happen in football. So I'm going to say Gophers 19, Oregon State 15. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. So it, it'll involve, because I mean, you know, with the, with. Like if there was ever going to be a Gopher game that ended 4-3, to three, it's this one. <laughs> okay. You know, college games, there's no preseason, there's no scrimmages, there's no anything, so... Weird things happen the first couple of weeks. It's mm-hmm. just the way it is. Right. Somebody will go for two for no reason. Somebody will go for two after every touchdown for no reason. It, every year, it's kind of a tradition. Every year, like, the first game on TV will be South Carolina and somebody. And it's always just worse than watching two drunks with pots on their heads <laughs> headbutt each other. Yeah, the and start of college football sucks, man. Yeah. It's brutal. Every Every year I get excited, and I, then I turn that on, and within, like, 15 plays, South Carolina has completely destroyed my excitement for college football. <laughs> You're just so excited, and then South Carolina runs the ball into the line 14 straight times. I, I mean, oh, it's always just... This is terrible. It's like, you know, a receiver runs into the wall behind the sideline. <laughs> There's 42 penalties. Yeah. Somebody tries a field goal that goes out the side of the field. <laughs> South Carolina had third and more than 30 yards to go three times in the first quarter. It's it's just, it it makes you forget that you like this sport. So let's, let's Mm. ease into it. Did you watch the game that was in Australia? I did watch the game that I was in Australia. That for those who are behind Cal beat Hawaii last Saturday, they played in Sydney. John would have loved it because various, did they play Australian rules in the second half? Well, you would have loved it mostly because there was one Hawaii player who made sure to touch the ball down in the end zone like he was scoring a try. Oh, that's kind of um, nice. The, a couple of Cal players did the Australian rules uh, score signal after they scored, like <laughs> where you shoot the double guns. <laughs> Are you sure they weren't trying to do a touchdown signal, but they couldn't get their arms above their head because no, of no. shoulder pads? No, no. They were actually doing Australian rules signals. That's and tremendous. It, it was pretty much designed to make John and John alone happy. <laughs> and so I'm sad you didn't watch the game. Well, wasn't it something no, like that? It, it was noon Sydney time, which was 9 o'clock here. No, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I just assumed that like all other sporting events in Australia, it took place in the middle of the night, American time. No, no, it took place at noon there. And Well, past actually- John is now disappointed that he didn't get the rugby jokes. Well, sorry, John. I'm disappointed in you. Not mad, disappointed. Yep, that's even worse. All right, well let's uh, let's wrap it up. I think that's enough. Uh, I mean, we talked about uh, Teddy being broken in half and the go for football season. So I'm pretty close to suicidal at this point. I think we need to. Yeah. Oh, the twins lost again tonight. Yeah. That's fourteen twins in have a row. Lost Twelve in a row. How does that make you feel? Well, that's par for the course at least. At least. Yeah. Yeah, we're dead inside that. when it comes to the twins. Yeah. I don't feel anything. Two Please, weeks ago, I was I was convinced that, it, that not only were they going to not lose a hundred, I thought they maybe wouldn't even lose ninety. And <laughs> now I'm starting to wonder if they are going to lose a hundred and ten. Yeah, even though that would require going 
three and twenty eight the rest of the way. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. You have to admit that would be absolutely amazing to pull off winning three of their final thirty one games. It's uh, it's been painful, but it's been a very important season for people to understand exactly how shitty this franchise is. Last year yeah. was fun, what? but it was also a very actually for those of us who are cynical, I would call us realistic. Um, it was probably a bad thing for the franchise in total to to have that blip of success. So this was this was a necessary punch in the face. Yeah, it it can't be stressed enough. The Twins thought they were going to compete for a wild card spot this year. Yep. Like, they didn't make a lot of changes in the offseason because they thought they were set to compete. The quotes so, at the beginning of the season were just of just dumbfounded that there, it wasn't working from upper management. So, yeah, yeah yep, they earned it. They deserve it. So it sucks for the fans, but uh, it was needed for, for, long-term, for long-term success. This was necessary. So that's that. Uh, okay, I want to get going. Let's uh, let's call it a day. What do you, what do you right. think? All right, thanks. Let's this has been the sport it. of uh, episode 175. We're very sad and we're very sorry we had to do this. Goodbye. Go Gophers. Go Gophers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.